Today on Reparations in Action. That's what happened with Emmett Till. That's what happened in Tulsa. And that's what happened in the majority of the so-called lynchings. They were instigated by white women. You're listening to Reparations in Action. Reparations now! Uhuru. You're listening to the Reparations in Action podcast and FM radio show, The White Lies Shattered Series. My name is Jamie Simpson. Reparations in Action is a program of white solidarity with black power. We believe reparations to African people is the key question of our times and is one that demands action on the part of European or white people. As always, we'd like to salute Black Power 96, where this show is aired and recorded for our podcast weekly. On today's program, we will be playing a presentation delivered by Penny Hess, chair of the African People's Solidarity Committee, the organization of white people formed by and working under the leadership of the African People's Socialist Party to build solidarity with the anti-colonial struggle for African liberation and reparations. Penny Hess joined the African People's Solidarity Committee at its founding conference in 1976 and has for the past 45 years worked under the leadership of the African People's Socialist Party and Chairman Omalia Shatella to build white solidarity with black power. Chairwoman Penny is also the author of Overturning the Culture of Violence and a regular presenter on this very podcast for our White Lies Shattered series. Today's presentation was recorded on November 8, 2020 in Washington, D.C. at the annual conference of the Black is Back Coalition for Social Justice, Peace, and Reparations. In this speech, Chairwoman Penny calls on white people to examine our historic and current complicity in the colonial violence against African and indigenous people and the theft of their wealth, land, and resources. This presentation points the way forward for white people to join humanity through reparations and solidarity with the African Revolution. This presentation is titled, Why White People Must Face the Truth About Colonialism. From November 8th, 2020, here is Chairwoman Penny Hess. I wanted to begin by saying that the African People's Solidarity Committee was created by the African People's Socialist Party, led by Chairman Omari Shatella. We just celebrated the 44th anniversary of the African People's Solidarity Committee, founding that the African People's Solidarity Committee was created by the African People's Socialist Party with the, with the clear strategy to extend the African revolution into the belly of the beast. And it was the first time ever that the colonized African working class or any colonial force around the world has put the colonizer under its leadership, which is the correct relationship that, uh, that we must have if we are going to be part of an anti-imperialist struggle for this world for the destruction of the U.S. capitalist system. And I you know, again, want to salute Chairman Omali Chatella for leading the African People's Solidarity Committee for 44 years. And everything that I understand and that I would say today or anytime is because of the leadership of Chairman Omali Chatella and the, the theory of African internationalism. I also want to salute Deputy Chair Omizanesh Chatella uh, under whose office and
Legal Solidarity Committee and the other profound leaders uh, yesterday, uh, Armila of the African National Women's Organization, Director Hile, leader of the Agitprop Department of the party, and so many other incredible leaders of the party who are here today. And one of the things that, one of the first things that Chairman O'Malley Shatella explained to us at the founding conference of the African People's Solidarity Committee back in 1976 in St. Petersburg, Florida, is that, is that capitalism was born of Europe's assault on Africa. That as the chairman has said many times, Europeans, white people were poor, white people were oppressed under feudalism, and that Europe rescued itself by this assault on Africa that began 600 years ago and that has never stopped to this day. And it was the kidnapping of African human beings, turning them into commodities, the first commodities of capitalism that created so much wealth, that created the, um, the, the Wall Street and, and the stock markets of Amsterdam and London and Paris and the United States and created wealth coming into Europe for the first time that transformed the lives of white serfs and peasants in Europe into workers because now Europe needed Europe needed factories to build ships and to, to change, to, to produce the cotton into fabric and, 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 and uh, linen and all of that in order to, um, they needed workers now. They didn't need peasants anymore. And this is what created the white working class. And the chairman has told us from the very beginning that, that the problem, the contradiction is colonialism, not racism, that we had all learned that the problem is racism and that the chairman has fought for this for the last 50 years, that the contradiction is, is colonialism. And I wanted to say that the thing that, that the chairman has made us understand and has written um, extensively in his books is, is, as he says, first of all, that African people are not a race. African people are a nation of people forcibly dispersed around the world through the assault on Africa and the building of, uh, of capitalism. And that all white people are the colonizer nation. Therefore, all white people sit on the pedestal of the oppression of African people, including the poorest, most, yep. most degraded, impoverished white people among us. Yep. And I was noting that there's a book written by W.E.B. Du Bois called Black Reconstruction in America. He has a whole chapter on the white worker. And he notes, he notes a couple of things. One, he notes that, that there were leftists, there were white leftists who knew Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels in Germany who struggled in 1848, which was nearly a revolution in Europe at that time, when the, when the Communist Manifesto was created, that by the way, 
says workers of the world unites, but never mentions the enslavement of African people or the genocide that was going on. And we have to say 1848, that was the height yeah. of, the, of what they call the trade in African human beings. It was also when they were stealing the land of the indigenous people in California. It was also when Britain was imposing opium onto the people of China and they were fighting. I mean, this is not mentioned in the Communist Manifesto. It's talking about the workers of the world unite. And some of these people came to the United States and a lot of them came to St. Louis, by the way. That's a whole other thing that we could talk about. But they knew Marx. They considered themselves communists. They had a communist office in downtown St. Louis, and they, they hated and attacked African people, and they participated in the theft of the land and the genocide of the indigenous people. These were the Marxists. Yeah. And he also notes, W.B. Du Bois also notes that at the time of the opening of the Civil War, that there were five million white people in the South who were poor. Nobody ever talks about that. And that's a big percentage from that, from the population at that time, that there were five million white people who were poor. And when he, he quotes people, he quotes people who wrote about them saying they lived, they slept on the floor, they had no clothes, they had no food, they had nothing, they had absolutely nothing. But he notes that they never, never stood with African people ever. No matter how poor and degraded they were, they would prefer. And he can't, by the way, W.B. Du Bois can't analyze it. He's just making that point. Chairman O'Malley Chantella could analyze it. That is colonialism, where the colonized nation, and it was, it's been noted by many an anti-colonial writer like Fanon, Amy Césaire, why do the poorest of the colonized not unite with the Algerian people or unite, you know? They can never analyze it. The chairman could analyze it because it is colonialism inside the borders of the United States. And you cannot find any place in the history of this country where white workers ever stood in solidarity as a class, it's not really, but you know, as as a conscious force yeah. in solidarity with the liberation of African people, and it, you know, there's some writers that say, well, there was once a a strike for the eight-hour day, and some Africans were part of that, and that went on for five days. What? You know, because African African would be joining to try to get a job where you have you know 14 hours a day to work. I mean, you know, this the betrayal and that it was, you know, it, it's it's white workers who carried out the lynchings, who carried out the terror, who carried out the mutilation and the the, the just open terrorism against African people in this country, white workers and white women were at the front of that. White women were at the front of that. If you look at any picture of a, of a lynching, a terror against, against African people that white people voluntarily carried out in the interest of the colonial state, white women are in the front of it. White women are know and knew that they could 
that they could um, they could carry out or, or impose a death sentence on any African man by saying that he looked at her in any kind of way. That's all it took. That's what happened with Emmett Till. That's what happened in Tulsa. And that's what happened in the majority of the so-called lynchings. They were instigated by white women. They were instigated by white women. And that, um, that this is that white women too were trained. There's a book called They Were Her Property. Yeah. White women <clears throat> owners of African people. And she talks about the African woman who wrote that talks about the fact that little girls, little white girls, had the power of life and death over Africans, not just the owners of enslaved human beings, but if a white little girl, Miss Hyde, saw an African walking down the street, she could, she could have him jailed. And that, or her. And that is the power of the colonial state, of the colonial state. And that, you know, that we talk about the LGBTQ, that, that it's also, it's opportunities. Every level of oppression of the white society has stood to get our rights at the expense on the backs of, on the necks of the African working class and African population in this country and around the world. And that what has been, some of the main campaigns of LGBTQ to become the police, to become the Marines, to carry out the state violence against the oppressed African people in this country and the oppressed and colonized peoples of the world. And to to say that, that that is racism, that that is racism, the ideas in the heads of white people, um, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. And we can go on about the crimes that white people, and the chairman makes the point that the state, the colonial state and the white population are one thing. They are one thing. That's why no white person in a hundred years of this terror called lynchings ever was arrested, tried, or went to jail for that because that was the right of the Dred Scott decision Senate, and it's still in practice. And that that it was the African Revolution of the 1960s that forced the US state to not allow openly white citizens to, to carry out the violence against African people that it would all be in the state. And that's when we see the, you know, the, the deepening of the police department to carry out what white regular people do. But we know that what the Proud Boys and all these people, you know, the Trumpites, that's what they're fighting for, to go back to what it used to be. And the, and the role of white civilians in the genocide against the indigenous people, from what I have read, that 80% of the genocide is carried out by regular white people, not the the US cavalry, not the US government, regular white people, settler colonizers. It is not not racism. And so 
one of the things that I want to say, and there's so much more that we could, that we certainly could say, because if we, if we looked at, you know, if we looked at all of the crimes of, of colonialism and imperialism that cannot, could not happen without the participation and the unity of white workers and the majority of the white population against African people and indigenous people, if we just look at the whole terror of ripping Africans out of Africa, putting them on what's called the middle passage, the uh, door of no return and working African people to death within seven years, generally within the Americas and what white workers have done and continue to do, we could fill volumes volumes, and no matter if we look at everything that white people have done in Africa, King Leopold and, and Cecil Rhodes and the genocide and the cutting off of hands and the rape in Kenya of breaking glass and shoving in up the vaginas of African women and all of the, just the terror. And we look at the depth of what white people carried out in this country against indigenous people and the murder and the slaughter and the cutting out off, you know, African um, indigenous women's vaginas and turning them into hatbands and, you know, just this, this violence that, that the world didn't even know what this was or what had happened. Then, and then we're supposed to to come to the, in this country and say that the problem is racism? Right. Mm -hmm. It is racism, the ideas in white people's heads. Yeah. And it, you know, it's saying that that the that the solution doesn't so doesn't fit the crime. Yeah. It doesn't fit the yeah. crime. You're talking yeah. about the greatest crime yeah. against humanity yeah. ever in the history of the world. Yes. And it's and it's supposed to be solved by white people taking a class that are having learned some ideas not accountable. And as the chairman says, calling on Africans to come, oh yeah, come forgive us. And you know, I just wanted to I just wanted to say one thing. And imperialist jurisprudence, which is imperialist law, which is about upholding the uh, stolen resources and the colonial state says that when an offender breaks the law, justice requires that they suffer in return and that the response to a crime is proportional to the offense, to the offense. Mm -hmm. And that to begin to say what that crime is, is colonialism, it is the state it is white people carrying out the violence of the state. That is what we have done. That is what we do now. And that is why the only solution is the liberation of African people, the African Socialist Party, the organized African working class that is building to govern, building to seize Africa and all its resources and to use white people as a flank of the African revolution inside the belly of the beast to return the stolen resources in the form of reparations, which is in the form of the 
redistribution of the wealth of the world into the hands of the true producers. And that's why we say unity through reparations. You're listening to Reparations in Action. This has been an episode of Reparations in Action, the White Lies Shattered series, a biased podcast of white solidarity with black power. My name is Jamie Simpson. This episode was engineered by Marcel Marius, who also composed our theme music. The show is researched and produced by Penny Hess, Jesse Neville, and Lisa Watson from the Black Power 96.3 FM studio in St. Petersburg, Florida. A shout out to Akile Anayi and DJ Eddie Maltzby, as well as the entire Reparations in Action team, Sandra Forrest, Johan Bedingfield, Amanda Carlozzi, Kyle Weiss, Marissa Ricchetti, Ali Aiello, Alana Woods, Declan Keller, Hallie Murray, and Sarah Ritterspock. If you liked what you heard today, you can go to Apple Podcasts and rate this podcast. If you have questions, comments, suggestions, please email them to us at ria at blackpower96.org. Special thanks to the African People's Socialist Party's Chairman Omali Yeshitela, without whose leadership and theory of African internationalism, none of the understandings presented on reparations in action would be possible. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week. 